Hey, everybody. Welcome to Product Guys. I think we've got a pretty cool episode today, as always. Just note my bias here. I'm Rob, and this is Tim. Hey, Tim. How you doing? Hey, Tim Who, right here, ready to go, podcast time. Awesome. So, you know, in, in work life, sometimes I think one of the things that we miss a little bit is retrospective and really how that impacts future delivery and change management. So Tim had a fantastic idea to kind of take a look at what we've done and the, the narrative up to this point of the Product Guys podcast and maybe take a look at that and go into the future with that knowledge, right? It's already available. It's already free. So in doing that, I thought it was a fantastic idea to show you how we leverage the methodology. And then when we come back with season three, no spoilers, you can see that some of the things that we talked about have been implemented. So let's let's start at the beginning. Don't you, uh, Tim? Would you mind kicking us off with where it is that you thought we were at that discovery or definition phase? Absolutely. So I feel like this topic. Um, I'm going to name the topic, Rob. Is that cool? Yeah, go. Product development life cycle, PDLC. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a cycle. It's a little circle. Um, been done many many times and you know as we were doing the research for this episode you know what's research right i go on google and click product development life cycle click on the image area and see what kind of uh, product development life cycle images are out there and i noticed that it's all different i noticed that it's all different some of them start with idea ideation some of them start with discovery some of them start with strategy. And I would first start off by going, this is a product development lifecycle uh, topic. This is us applying that framework to our podcast, which is our product. But really, it, it's different for everybody. Are you a big org? You're going to need something different. Maybe your product development lifecycle needs to start with a strategy bubble. For us, for Rob, myself, and shout out Ahad, Andrew, we miss you guys. Uh, we, we use a slightly different framework, right? Pretty light lift. You know, we're a pretty agile team. And so our framework starts with discovery and define. And uh, that moves on to design, to implementation, launch, test, and repeat. So for us, it's, you know, only five steps, six steps, depending on if you want to count the repeat. That, that, that's our cycle. Def- discovery and define, design, Implement, launch, test. And, and what we'd like to walk you through today is how the product guys did it. How did we use this framework to improve and ch- hopefully improve and change our podcast, our product from early stages, season one to season two and how we're going to further uh, make improvements for season three. So to find a discovery, the beginnings of uh, product guys, it, it all started with just a conversation, right? It was a bunch of folks that just got out of an online virtual course and wanted to continue to talk to each other and talk product, talk shop. And that, and we found that, man, there were lots of really, really good insights early on and the idea started to float around. Maybe we should do a podcast. Maybe we should just record our conversations and share it with the world. And maybe that could be an interesting thing to do. And then so we did. We got a couple of guys that were interested. Um, 
it just so happens that none of the none of the um, non guys <laughs> wanted to participate. So you know, therefore the name Product Guys, and we did that for a while. It was just the four of us, and we recorded, and we had a great time. We thought it was fun. We recorded our conversations. It went okay for the first season, and 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 we've you know we designed it by basically just going. This is what we're doing. We found an opportunity, and we're like, let's just let's just record. And so you know we started to ask questions like, well, how do we record? What do we use technologically on the software side? What do we use on the hardware side? And so we were like, oh, okay, we'll use Anchor as the software. You, we'll just use, <clears throat> excuse me, AirPods and kind of those uh, Apple headphones that came that used to come with the devices. We'll use those. They're pretty good quality. That was the design. And then and then and then what to go right? We start to implement. We sign up for accounts. We go and record our first test episode, record the feature where everyone can jump on to the virtual recording remotely. And then we launched our first episode, we did the test. People listened to it. I listened to it a bunch. I verified and the product guys verified that, hey, you can hear it on Spotify. You can hear our podcast from directly through Anchor, through Apple Podcasts, everywhere. We can figure out how long it takes to... Uh, upload the descriptions, change the descriptions, how long it took before our podcast hit the marketplace. We tested. It worked. It worked. It worked great. And, uh, you know, Anchor was great. We can see how many people would listen to our podcast, a couple of brief insights about where they were listening from, country, potential age, some demographic split outs. And it was lovely. And over time, you know, we did our first season and we, we further elaborated, right? We, we repeat and went back to the discovery phase, right? Full circle. And now where are we at, right? We're back at discovery. And what did we find? We found that, you know, throughout the months of doing season one, we had some of the product guys have competing priorities, right? They may, for the allotted time, have to address the family, you know, allocate their time to... Uh, you know, spending time with their significant others, travel. And and we discovered, all right, well, um, podcasts probably require... And, and honestly, we've also discovered that the previous format wasn't as fun, uh, kind of long-term, right? After a couple of episodes and after listening to it, you know, we, we discovered that as a group, we, we wanted to change things up. And, and there was a vision of what product guys... In terms of the for in terms of the format, what it what it could look like, instead of just the conversation, we wanted to go to topics and credible resources and references, and really giving our audience the tools to do the product job well. So I'm gonna pause there for a second, right before we, but that that's kind of how we kind of kicked off the iteration. We're at discovery in the second cycle, and we did a couple new things. But I'm gonna pause there, Rob. Um, any any thoughts or additions to what I've said so far? Sure. I don't want to take us too far afield, but um, I'm cognizant of the fact that we have people who aren't necessarily you know diehard product people uh, listening to this. So just going back, um, one of the first things that stood out to me was that ideally I would start off with who's the customer, right? Who who needs to enjoy this? And I think that you heard Tim talk about how 
team enjoyment is also an important thing. Virtually, this, you know, the team is doing the thing for itself and they really enjoy it. Oh, hey, it sounds like we've got a little bit of an audience. Great. But the primary driver of good work is teams and individuals who want to continue doing that work, right? You know, regardless of the motivation, whether you feel like it's positive or negative. So I always think, you know, voice of the customer, really looking at who, who needs to be involved and engaged, what stakeholders are important, especially when you're starting out. The other piece that I would talk about at least a little bit, um, especially as more people are talking about um, design into me and more of a UI UX framework uh, you know, you're going to hear design used a lot of different ways through, throughout the course of any product discussion. But I do think that it's it's always worth asking, how do we interact with this? Um, how do we look at this? And sort of as businesses get larger or have more of a how do people interact with this focus? Um, you know, and I say UI, UX, right? User interface, user experience is what those things mean. Um, you know, it can, it can be tempting to kind of say design to mean the way that things look and feel or design to mean how it is that we're developing something, what it's supposed to do, like an engineer has design and an artist has designs so are different things. Um, so I just think that certainly Tim, you did a great job of explaining the difference between those two things and, and telling the narrative, the product, because, um, one of the things that stuck out to me was, you know, everybody is doing product work online so if you're you know if you're opening a gofundme because someone got hurt or whatever else like that you're doing product work so these skills aren't necessarily specific um, but i think it is funny that you get you know four product people together and naturally they create things and look at it as a product that was very well said and uh shame on me for forgetting about the customer i I went back and pulled up some artifacts that go along with each one of our phases in our product development life cycle. And what we used early on for discovery and, def and definition is, is a vision and scope document. As a matter of fact, I uh, have to go back. Ahad made, I, is it Ahad that made it? Let me see. But we, we, we apps, Andrew made it and we all contributed to it. Um, we all kind of worked on kind of defining and doing the discovery and the artifact really documents and centralizes and aligns on what we were trying to do. And the customer early on was just the four of us. <laughs> the product guys were the customers of this because we all benefited from talking uh, to each other and learning from each other. And with a podcast early on, what do you have? Five people listening, maybe? Uh, you've got the four guys and then one other person out there that, that may be an audience. So the customers are originally us. And to date, the customers are still almost is, you know, for the most part, us. Uh, I continue to learn from Rob. Hopefully Rob enjoys the conversations that we have. And, and that's who we're catering this podcast to to begin with, considering the size of our audience. And as the audience changes, as the situation changes as we assess, continue to assess our product. Maybe the, maybe we shift the focus of who our customers are. But in evaluating, rediscovering, and uh, redefining season two and, and the podcast itself, we were the customers. Making sure we were happy, making sure the, the customers got what they wanted, which, which were really the, the product guys, and we got what we wanted out of it. 
that was the, that was the primary focus. And, and so that's kind of how you can see the direction of um, what we produced shift ever so slightly. Thank you, Rob. Any, anything else to add to that before I move on to design? Um, you know, I, I think that not only did you do a great job hitting it, but like I keep going back to that point of like starting anything is hard work and the best diet or exercise is the one that you're going to stick with. Same with, you know, anything that doesn't really necessarily get attached to the bottom of Maslow's hierarchy. You show up to work because, you know, you need food, shelter and water and that's great. But for extracurricular things, uh, you know, really finding what your intrinsic and extrinsic motivations are going to be, are going to be, is, is super important. Uh, I think that does discovery and define or retrospective or anything else like that is a great time to identify your biases as well. So as you're looking at the product and you're looking at what drives it and drives you, really getting honest about what takes you to the place where you're enjoying it and what you're looking at and also what you don't know. I think, you know, specifically as organizations talk broadly about, you know, really looking at their workforces and diversity and inclusion and having, you know, the voice of the market, not just the voice of a customer or your main customer segment, but the voice of the market there. It's really important to just get honest and talk about uh, the biases that you bring into the room so that you can get honest and really discover and define in sort of a clean room setting where you're not just, you know, where you're, you're bringing everything in and then kind of closing the door as opposed to, um, you know, just pretending that there aren't any biases and you're going to define a product and it's going to be great and everybody's going to love it regardless of their experience or background, right? So I think that one of the success stories of this is that we did at least some of that in a very organic rules light way. Like I'm, there are a lot of words and I'm being loquacious, mm. but I want to kind of point out again that this was a very organic, thoughtful, feeling, unconscious process where people were just being honest with each other, right? And, and again, as product people, you kind of, once you put that hat on, you really do think what's best for the customer? Can I deliver? Do I want to deliver? And those sort of questions lead you down this pathway almost naturally. Thank you, sir. Well said. Um, so, you know, <laughs> we almost have to go back and backfill a little bit of definition. And, you know, early on when we're talking about discovery and definition, we already, we made it past the first cycle without anything. We just went, okay, well, this is how we deploy a podcast and we did it. And then coming back around in the second iteration, back at discovery, well, we're starting to come back and define, well, discovery and definition, we want to know the motivations. Maybe we come up with some artifacts of the vision, identify the customer. What are we even doing this for? That's very important in this phase. And so we start to redefine and rediscover it. And the next step is design, the, the how, how are we going to do this, right? And so the new how for product guys is that, you know, we'll have Rob and Tim kind of hold it down week to week and Andrew Ahad will continue to contribute as they see fit. And, you know, season two, we didn't get a chance to sync up, but hopefully season three, we can get the guys back on and chat about it. But that's going to be the how, right? That's the design. Um, that, that's going to be like the, the, how do you get to the what you stated in the, in the earlier phase? And for us, new format, 
in the second iteration of product, product guys, the second, uh, the second season, you know, it's, we, we started to bring in more credible uh, sources and material like the influential product manager book. Um, you know, Rob's definitely quoted a bunch of um, good materials that if you look in our prior episode descriptions, you'll, you'll see the wealth of knowledge and material that you can study up on. And we start to bring in things like, well, can we monetize this product guys thing, right? Primary purpose is serve the product guys and, and, the ho- and the creators of this. Where are the primary customers? But maybe there's a revenue stream by bringing on Amazon affiliate links. We refer you to the material that we used. And maybe, you know, the, the, the folks that want to sell more material will... Uh, will give us a share by by having a distribution channel. I will say that to date, um, Product Guys is not monetized. <laughs> we have never generated any revenue from Product Guys, <laughs> but it's still fun to make, right? But it was an interesting learning experience to see and test out different monetization strategies as well. Um, so, so that was design. And Rob, feel free to jump in and add any color to any of this uh, as you see fit. But kind of right after design, we can start to talk about implementation, actually going out and building the thing, actually writing the description for the podcast and setting up the Amazon affiliate account and making it so that these things can actually come to fruition. That's the how, right? Or that, that's the implementation. That's the actually doing of the work. And we can start to talk about, well, are there any artifacts that we can put together uh, to kind of help facilitate some of these things. And, you know, you, you can put together uh, a, a meeting governance matrix, how, however you want to call it, but it's essentially laid out, well, the, this, this is our meeting cadence, our purpose. If you want to get really organized, you can do that. So that's an artifact that can come out of the phase to really help you master uh, that cycle. But again, you want to be brief, want to be able to move quickly, understand the goals of the phase, get to it, do it, move on to the next one, uh, which, is, which is launch. And to date, Rob, this is season two finale. <laughs> we're, yeah. we're at the launch. Yeah. We're, we're at the launch. And uh, before, if you don't mind, I'll just jump, jump back a little bit here. Um, you know, it's important for me that I'm looking at the connective tissue a little bit. So that motivation uh, that you discovered doesn't have to be homogenous. Not everybody has to come to the same, the table with the same stuff, right? Um, good teams, um, sorry, homogenous teams have good ideas, but they tend to have easy conversations because everybody's thinking the same way. Diverse teams tend to have harder conversations, but that means that great ideas can come out of that because you're challenging those ideas. Um, I think that the same comes for motivation, right? So if monetization is important, monetization rather isn't important to you, and just the conversation is important to you. That's very important. When someone's like, I need to feed my family or I can't justify this time. Right. So I, I do think that it's, uh, especially in American culture where you don't really discuss money, right? Like it, it, as, especially as you're trying to apply some of this stuff to your real world life, maybe. Um, I hope people do that. Um, you know, it's one of those things to think about. Um, and it goes back to that kind of organizational honesty and organizational psychology, not just what we're going to implement, but do we all feel the same if we succeed? You know, one of the things I think about sometimes is, okay, dog chases car. What happens if dog catches car? 
right? Like what happens if we get the logical, obvious consequence of the action that we're putting out there? Um, and, and last, but certainly not least, as we take a look at sort of winding down the skills and winding down what it is that we want to do, it's important to marry that motivation, the design, and the skills required to do that implementation in an honest way as possible also, so that if you have a skills gap, you're either working to fill that skills gap, acknowledging that you're comfortable with whatever result you can deliver without that skills gap or buying that skills gap somehow with some resource, whether it's a favor from a friend or whatever else. Um, because I think that a lot of times people launch product and haven't really looked at what it would take to deliver and had that really honest conversation because the best thing that I can do as a product person sometimes is kill a feature, kill a product, right? Because if I can stop it here, won't spend more money or more time, we can go do other things. But you know, if the conversation is, oh, well, it turns out that we needed, let's say we needed a full-time producer, right? And we were unwilling to do the things that we needed to do in order to get a full-time producer, become one, learn the skill, buy the skill somehow, then we're not really ready to implement, are we? And right. I know that I, it all comes down to honest conversation uh, with some frameworks attached to it. And that might seem simplistic, but it's easier said than done. Right. I'll hop right. off my soapbox there, Tim, and, and let you keep moving. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I think that's important to mention, right? And, you know, the way that we've structured this uh, discussion today is, two simple cycles around each season of product guys but theoretically every single piece and decision that we make could in itself be its own it, it's its own cycle just thinking about the monetization we could have discovered it whether or not we want to do it designed it by figuring out okay we want to do it through amazon we want to pull a tiny link launched it by putting it in the description, testing it to see if anyone's clicked it, that in itself can be its own little cycle. But, you know, we'd be here forever if we turned everything into its own little cycle. So uh, try to simplify into two cycles. Uh, but in the, in the launch phase, I, I want to also point out that for us, remember, we, the product guys, our own customers primarily, and then our audience, we, although we really appreciate everyone that, listens to the podcast, we don't actively market the material or the content. We don't actively market the, the product. Now, if we shift our focus to having our audience be the primary, we would at the launch phase, hint, hint, maybe we do that for season three, at the launch phase, we'd figure out a marketing strategy or we would execute on the marketing strategy. Meaning maybe, Product guys, we want to distribute our product and our material through doing, doing talks and having more people discover or find us, the product guys, the podcast. Maybe as we go out and we uh, mingle with our colleagues and we inter interact with people in the field, in the product world, in the, in the startup world, we may share that we, we – have this wonderful material that, that we enjoy making and that we, we think is valuable. And in the launch phase, we execute on this plan. And then that is how we would continue to grow. We can track our audience. And now we're getting to the test, right? Think about 
early on, what is it that what what is the metric that you want to optimize for? Now, <laughs> metrics a whole episode on its own, but in design and discovery, you, you may want to think about what 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 are we trying to do? You know, are we just trying to learn from each other? And if that's the case, then we can assess the success by just saying, well, I've learned things. <laughs> just ask yourself qualitatively, did I learn anything? If the answer is yes, great. Test success, you've crushed it. Uh, this cycle is a, is, a, is, is, is a huge success, you've blown it away. And if, you're, and if you think to yourself, well, can we, are we creating good enough content to where we've got audience that will continuously come back? Well, I can tell you that we've crushed that. We've got a consistent audience that week over week will come back and listen to our episodes pretty consistently. So thank you, audience. And so that's our test. And that's the end. Now, now it's back to repeat. Season three, what are we going to do? You know, go back to the desi design and discovery definition. What, what is it that motivates us for the next season? Do we want to grow our audience? Do we want to learn a new topic? That's uh, <laughs> that's that's all up there for Rob and I to think through, and really we can start to talk to our audience. And you know, Rob's got uh, the ability to do some user research. <laughs> he can do a little bit of research, uh, user research with some of the audience members that he knows well, and figure out what what do they want to what do they want to see out of the next season? Discovery, define, figure out what those motivations are. Maybe put together a new artifact that highlights what the metrics are, what success looks like. We can go from there. That kicks off season three. So, Rob, I'm going to throw it right back to you, man. Yeah, so I, I think you hit all the high points um, sort of enthusiastically, which I love. Um, and, and it goes back to me with, you know, and I, I don't want to lean on any old platitudes, but I do want to say, like, you change. I think one of the things that products and project managers kind of forget sometimes is we're in an ever-changing market. Every human on the planet is changing at some rate. And there's a lot of competition for time out there. So as we look at things, yeah, I mean, I would ask the audience uh, rhetorically to a degree, do you know how to get in touch with the product guys if you have a fantastic idea? Has this changed your life in any meaningful way? Have you started your own podcast? Or, you know, is this helping someone learn more about product management or helped you change your career or whatever? Like, you know, we all, in, in, especially in this world, it can be easy to say, well, I'm on my island and it doesn't matter if I don't reach out. I can lurk on Reddit or wherever it is that you lurk. Um, I'm not judging, but being a part of that feedback loop can really change the trajectory. And because we're a part of each other's feedback loop, it's great. But I'd also, you know, love to hear from other people because that's what the, that can be a part of the justification, right? At some point or another, we said to us, we just want to have good conversation. And knowing that that's important to people, I think can certainly drive um, what we do in season three, how long season three is, whether we bring more books into season three, like we did in season two, whether we use other material or other or create additional material or do other talks and whatnot. You are the voice of the customer audience. So, you know, I just encourage you to 
either say, hey, I don't know how to get in touch with the product guys, or um, use that voice wherever possible if you'd like to influence uh, the product. You know, I, too often I find myself in a spot where I find something that I like and it's really kind of too late to get it back, right? The series has already been canceled or, you know, something else like, the music or the actors no longer performing or whatever else it is um and you know and approaching things with this framework in mind it certainly helped me to say to other businesses and and consultants and other people whose work i like hey i like your work right and it, <laughs> and it really does like that google review for the company who did you a solid and didn't have to like it could nice. make somebody's day and create uh, a combination of extrinsic and intrinsic motivation for them to continue to do this stuff. And especially in 2020, um, sort of post-2020, 2021, we've gone through a lot of things where I think that as individuals, collectively, there should be an acknowledgement of the fact that like a little encouragement and a little bit of honesty goes a really, really long way. So yeah. I hope people got something out of the conversation today, um, especially given the technical rigor that that Tim took us through uh, so well, and and the, the platitudes that I tend to spit on a weekly basis. But um, you know, I think that one of my favorite things, and you didn't ask Tim, but I'm going to tell him anyway. Um, Let him know <laughs> <laughs> about. We try to be practical. We try to give you the philosophy. We try to give you practical examples, and we try to give you things that didn't work in our failure stories in addition to our success stories. So we hope we continue that dialogue. I hope that we continue that dialogue in season three. Um, and also again, hear more from our customers. That'll be it for me. Absolutely. So uh, I'm going to unblock the audience right away. This is how you get in touch with the product guys. Ooh. You can download the anchor app and you can send us a voicemail or a message directly through anchor. So Hopefully, audience, you're unblocked. Go to the App Store, download Anchor. It's a Spotify company. And send us a message. Drop us a line. Give us a like. You can do that directly through Anchor. All right? So I'm going to wrap it up here. Um, I'm going to thank Rob because, once again, he's taught me something. I didn't know about Ra Maslow's hierarchy before. So I'm going to link that in the description. But this is product guys. We taught you today the product development life cycle that we used, but there are so many. We used discovering define as phase one, design as phase two, implement as phase three, launch phase four, test phase five, and repeat is not really a phase, but just something you should do. <laughs> that's why it's a cycle. So that's product guys. I'm Tim Hu. Rob, see you, man. Have a great day, everybody. Bye.